Hello, everybody, and thank you, Janet Lee. Wow, I just, I just love the way you caress those keys on that keyboard, that Baldwin famous organ of yours. Thank you, thank you so much. And, ladies and gentlemen, here you are again listening. And today will not be a disappointment. This is number seven of The Body Without the Spirit is Dead. And we are going to take this further, th further than the 30-fold interpretation, further than the 60-fold interpretation. We are going to take it to the 100-fold interpretation today. But I do want to go uh, briefly over some points that we covered in the past broadcast to sort of bring this into that dynamic uh, period, that dynamic conclusion, uh, so that we are able to touch on that superposition of thought. Last um, uh, week, I talked about the mystery in the Bible of the word several, S-E-V-E-R-A-L, several, found in, for one place, in Revelations 21.21, where it talks about the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl. And we went into the, the important revelation of that and showing other scriptures, which I'll mention a few of them, and how that this word, by, with some of the new translations, has been taken out of the Bible. And it is such a shame because uh, it incorporated a very deep and wonderful uh, insight. When we look at these 12 gates that were the uh, 12 pearls, ever several gate was of one pearl, mentioned in Revelations 21, verse 21, we are looking at something that is a journey into spiritual understanding. We are looking beyond the darkness in the mirror, beyond the glass darkly. Ladies and gentlemen, we are on a journey of the mind and a journey of the spirit. And we are reaching into an accord of mental understanding that is a, it is as seeds being sown into the thought ranges of the listeners and the readers of this word. Someone might say, why now? Why the manifester? Why have we waited this long to get this understanding? Why not sooner? Why not later? Well, it is not up to me to say why. But this I do know, that it is happening now. And that I have received these revelations and this word. And we have pierced the darkness. And we have come into a continuous breakthrough of one clumped up lump after another opening it up and unraveling the mystery. And it is an exciting time. It is a truly exciting time. As we studied this word several, about the 12 gates being set 
12 pearls. We discussed the possibility of every gate having several, several dimensions, like dimensions of glory. And we gave scriptures like in Numbers 28, 13 through 29, in which it talks about tithing. And it talks about a several tenth deal. And a several tenth deal wasn't just a one thing exponent, but was 28 quarts of flour mingled with oil. So this thing that was a tenth was a compound, a mini one, a plural one, of many things making this definition a several tenth. <clears throat> we, we saw how that um, in Corinthians 12:11 it spoke of dividing to every man severally as he will. Uh, in Matthew 25, 25, it spoke of each man according to his several ability. And uh, also mentions um, in uh, the Greek of Strong's Concordance 2398, they severally belong to him. Uh, we got into the uh, Strong's uh, revelation on this word. Uh, Greek concordance number 303 and also in conjunction because there was two uh, two definitions 303 and 1520 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary Concordance and the words clearly in 303 show it as being compound and um, and uh, in 1520 shows that it's being abundant, and also the word other. So there are components other than the basic first component that is addressed that belong to it in this particular rendering of several. And, and, uh, and it's not limited to just one additional, but the other can incorporate there being as in the Book of Numbers twenty-eight, thirteen through twenty-nine, and also Numbers twenty-nine, ten, uh, like twenty-eight quarts of flour mingled with oil equaled a deal, which was a several tenth. Now, this is a major, major revelation, and the little bit that I had to say about it last week, and the little bit that I am going to say about it now doesn't even begin to, to cover to cover the potential and the depth of what this word several can mean and how that it allows us to share things like when Moses was told by God to share his spirit with 70 of the elders, the spirit that God had anointed, the spirit that God had put this, the message that was given to Moses in and how that that was done and how that the Spirit came down and verified it when that action took place. And in these deals, these several one experiences, we have these many, many, as it says here, as a, as a parable almost, courts of flour mingled with oil so not only are 
uh, is the the subject, uh, which is the deal of many many parts of flour, but it has an additional substance that is a totally different substance than the flour, and yet they are mingled together to make one particular product, and the beauty of that is then taken into the word. And I, I shared some things with you uh, in First uh, Corinthians twelve eleven. Um, you'll just need to go back to the last week's, uh, uh, you know, uh, archives recorded broadcast to get more information on that. But uh, there is so much, there is so much, such a beauty, such a beautiful thing to have a word like that that has just been lying there in the Bible, basically dead, basically dead covered up, read over, ignored, and people missing that incredible revelation which God has helped me to reveal to you in just a small part because, believe me, there is a much deeper, profound depth. Uh, But we only have so much time in these uh, series to cover everything. Another very interesting thing that we got into um, was the word waiteth. Um, we find that in um, the 12th chapter of Daniel and the 12th verse. Blessed is he that waiteth. And, and it was speaking of the 1,330 years. Blessed is he that waiteth. And, and people got so uh, generally worked up with the uh, <clears throat> 1330 number that they didn't even pay to attention to speak of to the words, <clears throat> pardon me, that were given, which were settings. These were the settings for that revelation of the 1330. And, but they paid no attention to the setting. But when you take that word waiteth and you, you dig into it, <clears throat> it is just, you know, an amazing thing because we were able to show that, um, you know, it... it, it it could mean to carve, to portray, uh, to set a print. Um, the the um, set the print was also mentioned again in one of the other references, <clears throat> which could be found in um, the Hebrew Strong's Concordance Dictionary, uh, 54:14. Print, send out, and we connected this then with the um, with, with the the qu- uh, quantum uh, computer. Uh, shaped like a honeycomb uh, <clears throat> with a nucleus effect that that would just uh, be the most outstanding uh, type of uh, computer that had ever been uh, created on the face of the earth. And um, we were uh, saying that <clears throat> we didn't want to get into the deepest technical aspect to show uh, why or how we came up with the rare metal uh, rhodium uh, which was, uh, you know, by getting into the nuclear magnetic resonance identification and uh, even a certain touch of angular uh, uh, investigation on the, um, uh, you know, the, the spectrometrics of rhodium, uh, as such as, as would be the result of uh, infrared uh, spectrometrics. So uh, there's many, many things there. I don't want to deal on that a lot. But what a word, what a powerful word. It had been lying there asleep. Uh, it, it had the word piercing in it. 
which is a type of breakthrough, breaking through the riddle. It, it had uh, terms like transfix and, and uh, transpierce uh, as in abstract uh, when you take and compare the word piercing in the thesaurus. Uh, there are so many things a word adhere uh, being joined in uh, you know intercommunications and as you put that to the computer with this set a, set a print and with this print and 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 uh, uh, distribution sending out and all those terms uh, it is just was an incredible revelation uh, of the computer that is described in the book of revelations which I uh, read to you so <clears throat> there, as I said last week, are superpositions of extraordinary thoughts that act as keys to open the resonance of quantum memory that's in each person's brain. And it only takes a little spiritual spark to cause the initiation of those kind of dramas to be affected. So those things are so very, very important. So very important. We mentioned this, <clears throat> and, and this was awesome. Uh, it was really awesome. <clears throat> Excuse me. We mentioned that the Holy Manifest insights have changed the understanding of the accepted tradition of biblical information. I, let, me, let, me, let me say that again. The Holy Manifest insights have changed the understanding of the accepted tradition of biblical information. The Holy Manifest revelations sometime offer biblical information in disembodied forms. That is to say, information, the words shown without any connection to religion, cultures, societies, denominations, or national archives. Phase transitions between the spirit and the human body have often been missed, not understood because of failing to understand the time scale peaks and the differences between the celestial time and terrestrial time. These are major things that have been overlooked. They are major things. We want to open <clears throat> up some thoughts on this whole revelation um, in a additionally deeper way uh, because there is so much to speak about it. Um, in the last couple of teachings, we got into all these different numbers, you know, like three and a half years and 1,260 days. And we showed that 3.5 years equals 660 days and 42 months is also the same as 660 days, so that consequently also equals 3.5 years. And those scriptures could be found in Revelations 11.3, Revelations 13.5-42. And um, we basically showed that whenever you have the three and a half years, the, the uh, sequential uh, uh, ultimate final point of, of it is representing the 70,000 years. And, uh, but we also showed how that when you take this, uh, the 3.5 um, uh, years times 20,000 years, you end up with 70,000 years. 
And if you divide the 3.5 into 70,000, you you verify it by getting 20,000 back. And how that um, that 3.5 being used mathematically as a denominator divisor uh, actually uh, tells you the cycles of climate change that occur every 20,000, uh, 100,000, 400,000 years. And, and how that um, uh, the Earth goes through one complete precession cycle in approximately 20,000 years. And how that the Earth is located approximately 20,000 years from the center of the galaxy. Then if you take some of those numbers that we talked about that are so uh, outstanding in the Bible, like in the 12th chapter especially of, um, of uh, Daniel, and you break them down according to the, the horizontal number value of each number. And we showed that uh, zeros, uh, they have no standalone number value. So they are, just, uh, they are just crossed out. They're not considered. But if you take 1 plus 2 plus 9 plus 0, which has no value, uh, you end up with a 12, which is equal to a time, times, and dividing of time. If you take 1335 and you take 1 plus 3 plus 5, uh, 1 plus 3 plus 3 plus 5, you end up with 12. And you get the time, times, and dividing of times. If you take the 1290 and the number 1290 and the number 1335, they could be applied, and I would need some time to be able to do this, which I, I don't have right now, but, uh, you know, I could tell you these points, and you can research it on your own later. Sometime we will cover it. The 1290 equals Abraham's bosom. The 1335 equals the 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 the, uh, the father's uh, bosom, the father's house, and um, also incorporates, uh, like, the dignitaries, uh, because that is uh, where they work out of and um you can you can read about these two bosoms uh the gospel of saint john chapter 1 uh verse 18 speaks of the bosom of the father and um luke uh 16:22 speaks of uh, the of abraham's bosom luke 16:22 it also shows that there is a division of the sheep in john 10:16 other sheep I have that are not of this fold, and we've uh, we've 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 gone into quite a little bit of the memra of these things, and uh, how that uh, uh, you know this kind of glory that dwells among us is um, much more in the several aspect of compound glory than people have ever suspected uh, to understand or even be close to interpreting. Uh, we are on a journey, ladies and gentlemen. We showed that, that like these 1,335 generations, uh, times 70 come into effect uh, af after the, all the, the 70,000 years that we've, we've, we've showed you by taking, uh, taking the, the 90th chapter of Psalms and the 105th chapter of Psalms, the 70 years times 
times a thousand years, which is a generation, gives you 70,000 years. These 70,000 years represent the time uh, of, of regeneration. And this is the time that has been given uh, by special uh, grace and circumstances of God. It can be extended to 80,000 years. But let's just use the 70,000. And let's say that it was given uh, by God uh, uh, to to um, uh, host the Father's bosom, the Abraham's bosom, where spirits have a place of intermediate uh, um, uh, compose and where they have their opportunities for regeneration and 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 to overcome uh, of uh, of those people who are of the of the trillion ophanims uh, and and be redeemed, uh, be brought back into their ophanim status. <clears throat> At the end of that time, when the regeneration is over, then begins the making of new creatures. Uh, those creatures will already have begun to be in creation, and some of them are described in the 22nd chapter, I think it is, of Revelations, uh, of, you know, being the, uh, the, the, the almost limited number of gogs and magogs that possess all the four corners of the earth. And they become the new creations. That, that It's not just the Gog and Magogs, there's others also. But they become the new creations whose names, the Bible says, are not written. They have never been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Like your name, my name, uh, before the foundations of this earth were written in the Lamb's Book of Life because we pre-existed this earth. And we were Ophanims who are the fallen stars that came down. Now, there's a lot of misunderstanding in the interpretation of the fallen stars. Uh, people have just uh, pronounced those as being demons, but they did not understand that there's there's two different kinds of groups of fallen stars. There's the fallen stars that were the Ophanims, and then there's the fallen stars of the of the of the uh, uh, cherubim that were co-owned with uh, Lucifer. And and uh, they fell uh, to earth also along with Lucifer. They were called his angels, and and uh, so uh, there is there is a different treatment that that was given to them as versus the treatment that was given to the fallen Ophanims. Uh, a lot of times people get that confused. They get it mixed up. They don't understand the scripture, and then they make the accusations that oh those, those are demons, and we're talking about demons, uh, but they don't understand that there is all also the Ophanim, and these are clearly two different groups of people. And and like the Watchers, there are good Watchers and there are evil Watchers, and people get that confused. So we're trying to help people to, to, to get this understood. And blessed are those that wait and come to the 1,335 generations. Uh, that times the average uh, 70 uh, lifespan uh, talks about 93,450 years of continuation after the 70,000 years. And this will be allotted to those new creations. And and uh, uh, and there's more that we, we said on that. Um, we, we um, you know, talked about a lot of things. We talked about deferred progeny, uh, how that uh, in Hebrews 7, 9 through 10, it speaks of uh, Levi paid tithes in Abraham, who was not born until like four generations later, and how that there are 
instead of like end of the world, uh, what that is really referring to is end of a dispensation, and then new dispensations uh, begin. So, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, we saw how difficult that this was for even uh, Daniel with all his record of intelligence and and, and no knowledge, uh, even scientific background, um, but how that in uh, Daniel twelve eight through nine, uh, he said, "I heard, but I understood not." So there is so much as we get into these thirty, sixty, hundredfold levels, and how that proverbs, when properly interpreted, shows that there are there are you know th- uh, threefold, three different folds. The thirtyfold, the sixtyfold, the hundredfold, and these are the deep things of God spoken of in First Corinthians two ten. So blessed be the name of God. It is exciting. It is awesome to have these things uh, uh, being revealed. Uh, they are they are they are so awesome. Now we have talked about the body without the spirit is dead. I want to bump this up now. I want to bump this up into um, a higher order. And when we talk about the body without the spirit is dead, we have so far been referring to mortals, to humans. And now I want to say that the body, which is made of dust, stardust, in a sense in a hundredfold sense, can represent the universe. So we could properly say by the deepest interpretation of this scripture found in James 2.26, the body without the spirit is dead. We could say the universe without the spirit is dead. And I want to show you how incredible a revelation that that really is how important a revelation that that really is. I want to uh, have you get the value of this, and and I want you to be able to to uh, uh, apply this because um, uh, it it is just absolutely uh, seriously, you know, uh, wanting to be uh, uh, of a nature of finding a home in your mind and a home in your heart. Uh, so that uh, there can be many people ministering this manifest revelation. Now, um, the Bible says in Psalms 29.7, the Lord divideth the flames of fire. Uh, flames of fire is another way of saying the atoms. And, and that revelation is quite important to, to understand. The universe without the spirit is dead. And we'll get into this and we're going to find it to be incredibly interesting. Now we know that <clears throat> there are there are spins in the atom that some of the atomic spins are left to right. Some are up and down. Now that's very very interesting. You know, because we know there's the left side and the right side. And, and and that in the Bible, the right side was always considered to be the greater glory uh, if you're sitting on the right side of the Lord. Uh, then the up was always um, considered to be uh, 
of a of a higher, more spiritual uh, term that that speaks of of the spirit going up. Like for instance, uh, uh, in the o- Old Testament, it says the spirit of the beast goes down, but the spirit of man goes upward. We knew that the spirit of the beast then was temporal, but the spirit of man was eternal. And going up then, the spin upwards. And yet, you know, these spins are in every aspect of the atomic language of the world, of the cosmos. Um, Jesus used the term up when he says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. This power of what it means to be up, that certain super position, uh, that, that certain place that um, uh, is meant to, meant to be, uh, you know, something of an important understanding. Uh, now, we've got a little note passed to us that um, several people had to reboot to get their reception. Uh, so I'm announcing that if you're not having good reception, you may have to reboot your computer. Sorry, but, uh, these kind of things happen. Uh, do remember this, that, um, uh, we do get a direct, uh, impression and copy of this that goes onto the computer. And then we can format that and put that into the archives. And then when it is replayed, anything that you have missed during this live session should be on that. And then you should be able to pick up anything. But I'm sure even now you would like to have the clearest, uh, you know, kind of reception possible. So if you're having a problem, reboot your computer and get back on and let's go for it. God bless you so much. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I praise God. I thank God that we have this this possibility to broadcast this word across, uh, you know, computer land and, um, and to get it out there on cyberspace. Blessed be the name of God. So in these atomic spins of left and right and up and down, there is something like a language written into the entire universe. And the 19th chapter of Psalms explains that. It talks about, you know, the the, the 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 voice of God, the line that goes throughout all of the universe, and that there is no place that that it does not go, and uh, it it uh, is is there. It can it cannot be denied. It is there. Um, we um, we see these things as I read. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. So there is something that belongs to the word up that has to do with this special position that I talked of er earlier, superposition in which we are able to break through, uh, you know, into the quantum memory uh, of our brain and begin to release information uh, that we once knew many long, long uh, times ago, but due to uh, the fall uh, and falling into the limited uh, brain circuits of this human body, uh, have have not been able to retain it in our memory. But blessed be the name of God. God is merciful and God is loving. And he is helping us so that we can move ahead in these um, beautiful, wonderful ways. I, wa- I have some scriptures I-, I want to read, I want to share with you here today as I, I get into uh, all this um, thing about... Um, 
you know, uh, the the universe is dead with, you know, is dead without the spirit, or with the, or the or the universe without the spirit is dead. Now, I did a teaching a while back called uh, "Skies Bigger Than Blue," and I I did an interpretation on ex- Exodus uh, twenty six, uh, and I want to, um, uh, you know, go over some of those uh, uh, teachings just a little bit and perhaps uh, even uh, to the point of um, of adding to that teaching. Uh, and I'm sure that you could find that teaching uh, somewhere in the archives. Um, you know, skies bigger than blue. Let's um, uh, just turn to Exodus 26.4. Exodus 26.4. Because... Uh, there's some really interesting good stuff there that I want to share with you. When we look at the fourth verse, it says, And thou shalt make loops of blue upon the edge of one curtain from the sleevage in the coupling. And likewise shalt thou make in the uttermost edge another curtain in the coupling of the second. Now, we are talking about the uttermost edge of another curtain in the coupling of the second. It it is um, it is very very interesting, uh, you know, uh, to to understand uh, some of these things that uh, have to do with the atomic spins, like um, in uh, the subject of of the spin. Um, and we're talking in the uh, atomic uh, world subject. Uh, it, it is referred to as angular momentum coupling. And we're talking about coupling here in this 26th chapter of Exodus. Um, so this coupling is, is as uh, in the spin orbit uh, of, of a particle interaction or the coupling of, a, of uh, electronic spins in quantum chemistry. So uh, even some of the coupling are referred to as, uh, as ubiquitous, which means, you know, they're everywhere. There's nowhere they are not. But in astronomy, and this goes along with my teaching about the universe without the spirit is dead. In astronomy, the spin-orbit coupling is the, the ratio between the frequency with which a planet or some other celestial body spins about its own axis, coupled with that to which it orbits another body. That is very, very interesting. Now, while you're in Exodus 26, let's look at verse 31. Exodus 26:31, And thou shalt make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet, and fine twined linen of cunning work with cherubim shall it be made. And thou shalt hang it upon four pillars of, of sheetum wood overlaid with gold. Their hooks shall be of gold upon the four sockets of silver. And thou shalt hang up the veil under the tatches that thou, that thou mayest bring in thither within the veil the ark of the testimony. And the veil shall divide unto you between the holy place, and the most holy. And thou shalt put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony in the most holy place. Now there is a division 
and always has been in the the higher sanctimonious places. When you get into the higher sanctimonious places, there has always been a division between the holy place, which to some people they think that they have reached the epitome of ultimacy, but not knowing or understanding that they haven't even begun to, to, to go through the veil to enter into the most holy. There are holy places, but then there is the most holy. And in this understanding of the universe without the spirit is dead, we're going to cover on some of these episodic uh, uh, concepts. And we've already seen in this reading that I, I did with you how that um, in astronomy... Uh, there is, you know, the spin-orbit coupling in nature, uh, atomically, and and that there are ratios of frequency uh, with which a planet or other celestial body spins about its own axis in relationship to that body which it is it is orbiting. And 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 when you look at these things, and and when you you take this twenty-sixth chapter that I read to you earlier. In four, verse 4, And thou shalt make loops of blue upon the edge of the one curtain, uh, upon um, the edge of one curtain from the, the sleevage in the coupling, and likewise thou shalt make it in the uttermost edge of another curtain in the coupling of the second. The uttermost. You've got, you've got the holy and the holy of holies right there, separated by these couplings and when you get into these couplings it's like there are there's not just one thing that belongs uh to to a glory because a glory is not just one glory a glory uh has root roots that belong to many glories and it has connections and loops in those glories and <clears throat> this is true with the revelation of the word this is true with the 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 uh, uh, sanctimonious aspect of the word, uh, and as you, as you get into that understanding and you get into these loops, uh, we are uh, being figuratively given these examples uh, through like a parable, and through a physical thing that that is a pattern of a spiritual thing of a heavenly thing, and and we're being told about you know the the edge of this one curtain that you're right to the edge but then when you go beyond that edge the next move is to the uttermost edge of another curtain so you move from one staircase uh uh you know reference of 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 um uh, the unfolding of say like the 30 fold the 60 fold and when you get to the end of the 60 fold as far as you can take it and you're at the edge from there you move to the uttermost, to the uttermost edge. And uh, that, to me, is just absolutely super and, and utter. And here in this 26th chapter, it's talking about the five curtains that are coupled together in verse 3, and, and um, together one to another, and and another five curtains shall be coupled one to another. This is definitely into the word um, several, the the several of kind, and that they are each separate curtains, but each being coupled together 
to to make the fivefold, like the fi- hand of God, fivefold ministry: apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. And here, then, we we see through that operative opportunity how that a person can come into the hundredfold and uh, and and pass from one loop to another, or from one spinning to another spinning. And and as we move out of the left side spinnings into the right side spinnings and and move from the right side spinnings to the upper spinnings and not the down spinnings, we begin to move into that uttermost place in God. And and then we begin to to be brought into this veil of blue and purple and scarlet, which those are really divine colors and have deep meanings, which I don't have time to go into today. But I have done teachings on the different colors and their meanings. You just have to research. And and the fine twine linen of cunning work with cherubims. So so we are in this uh, configuration of revelation uh, brought into the, the uh, r- r- relative uh, relevance of these angelic uh, uh, individuals called cherubims. And we see that in the connection of this hundredfold that, you know, they are there even on the mercy seat and and which is uh, upon the ark of the testimony in the most holy place. Now these are all not the final uh, um, uh, phase or the final represent uh, the final uh, seat of of where we are being uh, bid to come, but these are the the patterns of that final place we are bid to come. And uh, and we and we we see that in the language of the Bible, in Isaiah forty verse twenty two, it talks about God stretched out the heavens as a curtain. So it's very relevant as we talk about these curtains and being uh, uh, you know used to divide the the outer court to the holy place and the whole divide the holy place from the most holy place. Uh, where a person is able to reach the uttermost edge with that special coupling, that several several uh, insight that that leads us into that uttermost edge of the other curtain, and um, it, it's it, it's beautiful, you know, uh, the 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 Lord who divided the flames of fire. Uh, is speaking to us in this time. And uh, he is showing us the very uttermost edge of the curtains of time and space. And uh, he's revealing this thing to us so that we will be brought in side. Uh, I want to turn to uh, Psalms 18, 9. Psalms 18, verse 9, and just read that. Uh, so I don't uh, forget to read it um, later. So Psalms 18, verse 9. He bowed the heavens also, and he came down, and darkness was under his feet. I want to show that the scientists have been looking at this dark energy, and they don't know what it is, but they are to a point that they now believe 
that this dark energy has something to do with controlling the expansion or retraction of the universe. And I want to show you what that really is and how that it is part of the life of the universe. It is the this spirit side that the universe without the spirit is dead. And without having this spirit, there would not be what the what these people are calling dark energy. Uh, there would not be this dark energy uh, to to uh, move the uh, body uh, and, and, and the stars and all that is the consistency of the universe uh, out into space, and also at the same time uh, uh, be able to to uh, retract it. And uh, these are fact teachings that oh I don't know forty fifty years ago close to 50 years ago I was teaching uh, that are uh, have been proven to be even more relevant today in the light of uh, of scientific discoveries that has done nothing but but uh, verify those teachings uh, when I made them uh, that just seemed freakish to some people but now it's beginning to be understood he bowed the heavens and came down and darkness was under his feet and he rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion around about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the sky. Now, we can see this dark energy is really mentioned in the Bible. This dark energy is something that God uses he he made darkness his secret place and when we talk about people looking through a glass darkly uh they are looking into this energy of god and seeing this darkness and and but they do not know what it is and they do not know how to see through that darkness to what the revelation is because the darkness acts as a veil that that blots out uh, uh any vision uh, to the other side, except to those who can see with a kind of x-ray vision. And um, uh, this special x-ray vision that God does give to his people uh, is an incredible thing. We've done teachings on that. We'll be doing more. <clears throat> okay, here we go again. <clears throat> God bless you. We've got scripture here, ladies and gentlemen. Scripture written way before they ever discovered dark energy. The word of God is advanced. The word of God is ahead of science. Blessed be the name of the Almighty Heavenly Lord. Blessed be the name of our God. Praise the name of God. It's so exciting. So exciting to read scriptures like this. So exciting to be able to share scriptures like that. It's just absolutely beautiful, and it it takes away the breath. It just takes away the breath. It has so much that it, it shares with us. As we look at these atomic spins, you know, it is very reminiscent of Psalms 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. 
Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the universe. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoices as a strong man to run the race. His going forth is from the end of heaven, and his circuits unto the ends of it, from one end of the heaven to the other of the universe to the other, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Wow. That's what we're talking about today, ladies and gentlemen. Psalms 19. The spirit of the beast goes down. The people that are in the beast, they're never going to, to see or experience that spirit that goes upward. Um, they're never be, going to be able to come into the total consequences and grace and loving tender kindness of the offerings of Jesus when he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. It, it, it is such an incredible thing. It, it, is, it is so incredible to understand, you know, we know when we read in the scientific world how that they measure uh, quantum fluctuations of the vacuum, and they discover that somehow through those quantum fluctuations that occur in the vacuum, there is somehow created out of nothing something. And they are beginning to just study that. The dark energy field is an unknown force to them. They, they don't understand it in the sense of the total revelation uh, as a cosmological constant. And they think in terms of it, yes, as being anti-gravity, uh, dark energy as being anti-gravity. Uh, it's an invisible truth about the universe. Let's look at another uh, few scriptures here. Turn with me to Isaiah 37. Isaiah 37. And let's just uh, look at those scriptures. That The beautiful word of God. I, I, I love this Bible. I love this Bible. It is such a wonderful word of God. It is just so rich. It is so full of revelations. And I know that people are searching all kinds of other books and other readings, and I don't condemn anyone for that, but there is so much just in this Bible that has never been conquered and understood, that has been read over, that has been put in a sleep, and, and God is opening the eyes and the ears of people today to get this revelation. In Isaiah 37, verse 31, it says, And the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall take root downward and bear fruit upward. When you get into just mere existence, that is a very earthly downward experience. But taking on a mortal body was, was an essentiality. It had to be done. It had to be done to manifest the sin that we committed when we were angels and to, as it describes it in Romans, 
<clears throat> manifest that sin through one man and bring that sin into this earthly world. <clears throat> and that's what was done. God used Adam to do that. And and that was the first Adam. They used the second Adam then to take us upward. The first was to root us downward, and then the next one was to bear fruit upward. But the ultimate finality, the ultimate move and direction towards um, overcoming is to move upward and, and to bear fruit upward. And so uh, those kind of things are absolutely important. Let's look at Ezekiel. Turn with me to Ezekiel, the 11th chapter. And let's just read a little uh, Bible ditty right there, just as we throw these points in, because they are so cooperating of, of the revelation. Uh, Ezekiel 11, and uh, <clears throat> let's look at uh, verse 27. 11, 27. That doesn't sound right. 1127. Uh, 1127. Uh, what am I missing here? Maybe I'm in the wrong verse. Okay. <clears throat> let's um, uh, instead, um, let's, let's make it verse 19. 11, verse 19. And I will give them one heart. Them, one heart. That is another revelation of the several one. And I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh. Now, this is still part of the physical revelation, but it is connected to the spiritual revelation. And it is talking about a new spirit within you being the, being the Holy Spirit coming forth that has been in slumber and sleep and and uh, you beginning to take that in and how that that will uh, give you a renewal uh, it's, it's it's a kind of heart transplant that is uh, done of God so there is no problem of rejection and and this heart transplant that God gives you, uh, he takes a stony heart. It's like people that have a gallbladder with stones in it. A lot of times the doctors just say, nah, uh, you know, just it's got so many stones in it. The best thing is just to cut it out and take it out of the body, and you'll have to live without a gallbladder, and that's what happens. But, you know, God doesn't do it that way. He is He, he remakes things, and he does this, this you know, uh, heart uh, replacement, and um, and he and he gives you a new spirit within, and this is all part of you being changed from the creature that you are, and so you must never ever look at yourself in doubt, or pity, or or or, or limitation, because at any time on the journey which you have have gone, uh, you may come to this door that it speaks of right here in which God is going to give you uh, uh, them, you'll be not alone, them one heart. <clears throat> and he's going to put a new spirit within you. 
and take the stony heart out of your flesh. So that stony heart, and, and that also ties in to DNA, uh, genetic, uh, you know, things like where the Bible talks about the sentence of death that is, that is written. And, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 it refers, it refers to, to, you know, things like that. It's just, um, you know, uh, it's just, it's just beautiful. Uh, um, and let's then look at um, Ezekiel 8, 2. Then I beheld and lo a likeness as the appearance of fire, from the appearance of his loins even downward fire, and from his loins even upward as the appearance of the brightness as the color of amber. And here we once again are into the uh, atomic spins, the downspin, the upspin. Uh, there is that burning, that cleansing that is to be done in the physical body that has to do with the downspin. There is that that um, uh, ecclesiastical, that that uh, special moment of of, of uh, transcendence, uh, which has to do with the spinning upward, and and we see that in the description, you know, that there there is a likeness that these experiences have, uh, but one is a likeness that that is the loins downward, and the other is a, is a, a likeness of the loins upward. So one has to do uh, w- with where you are at in your physical life, but it incorporates even family and and relatives, and it can even mean friends. So that so that uh, th- this this syntonic fire of God can purify and can cleanse even with the downward spin. But the downward spin does not take you to, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, does not take you to that lifted up place. But that is reserved, and you also have that spin upward so that, that you, you can spin. And remember, this thing is, is uh, as astronomy says, it's universal. It's everywhere. And like Psalms 19 says, there is no language that it does not speak in. So when I translate this from one Bible verse to another Bible verse, or from from one uh, particular uh, uh, setting to another setting, or one parable to another parable, uh, <clears throat> one chapter to another chapter, one book to another book, uh, those are all parts of language. And there is no language in in on the earth, no language in the heavens that this line does not speak in, does not revelate in, does not manifold in, does not do oracles in. It's just an absolutely beautiful <clears throat> point beyond subaddition vision. And and it's it's a uh it's a, a transport porting uh in the spirit uh to higher and higher advances uh with with the the love and the spirit of God. Blessed be the Holy Lord, Heavenly Father. Praise the name of God. Now, we talk about the first domain. Uh, the first domain, uh, we are call it the heaven of heavens. The heaven of heavens. Now, uh, when you read the word in the Bible, heaven, 
that can just refer to a firmament, like chapter 1 of Genesis. Um, and it can be, uh, you know, different atmospheres. It can be the space outside of those atmospheres. And it can be the space, uh, the intervening space between uh, those, those, your, the earth and a star. Uh, it can be uh, the space around about a particular planet or around about a particular celestial object. There are many, many, many heavens. And, and then there are different states of the mind which can be referred to different levels of heaven, different states of heaven. Uh, but when we are talking about the first domain, domain, um, that word comes from King Dumb, King, K-I-N-G, Dumb, D-O-M, and D-O-M is the abbreviation for domain, King's Domain. Now, the King's Domain we're talking about in reference to the domain of God, and this domain of God is this divine place uh, which is not in any way physical. It is not physical. It is a divine place of spiritual fruit that is spiritual. And uh, as we get into that understanding of it not being physical, then we see that it is, it is totally beyond the uttermost edge. It has gone over the end of that, of that sleeve. It's gone over to something that is entirely, totally different. Now, if... The first domain, which is spirit, the spirit of love, if the first domain did not exist, then there could not exist the universe because the universe without the spirit is dead. It would have nothing to give it life, nothing to, to move it, to motivate it, no, no causations, and and when we begin to understand this, we realize how trifling of a thought it is when people get into, uh, you know, uh, atheism, uh, not believing that there is a God, not believing that, that, uh, that life uh, here in this universe is dependent upon God. They want to construct it so that it, it is in, uh, self capable of self-making. But what they do not understand is how that in the teachings of Latolution, which come from the manifest teachings, how that, <clears throat> and that, that the impressions of God are inscribed into every uh, aspect of the universe. So there is no, no kind of matter, no kind of, of atom, no kind of molecule, no kind of quantum bit that does not have in it the um, impression the influence of the soundtron, which is the will and the voice of God throughout all the universe. The soundtron word comes from taking uh, the 19th chapter of Psalms, in which it talks about the line that goes out. Line is in measuring. And then in the 10th chapter of Roman, it talks about the, the, the sound went out, it's a transliteration of the, of the Hebrew word uh, uh, line uh, to the Greek, to the English. 
And so if you take the one, then which is line, which is measure, and we take a part of the word uh, met, metron, uh, for, and we take the tron, representing uh, like the word kingdom, takes a part of the word uh, domain to make it be representative of domain. Uh, we take tron uh, from metron being representative of line or measurement, and we add to that from the 10th chapter of Romans, the word sound, that there is no place in the universe that his sound has not gone out, that his word has not gone out. There is nobody that at least subconsciously has not heard this word. <clears throat> so it is exciting. It is a great journey. Okay, now as we, we get that into our mind, as we reconcile that into our mind and we begin to realize that the universe without the spirit is dead. The universe without the first domain. If there was not a first domain with its dromatron effect which regulates regulates the universe the universe would just be dead. It would be dead. It would have no life. And the thing that people have not understood is that sometimes when scientists have found these, what seems to be like walls of universe, of walls of galaxies, and they wonder and question what is causing them to be at this point that they're like walls of galaxies, what forces are out there that could possibly be powerful enough to to put a barrier uh, between them and other parts of the universe? And this is because they have not known, they have not been taught about the domatron effect, which is the effect of the of the uh, first domain on the universe. And this domatron effect. You know, uh, scientists may one day just describe it as the effect of, black, of dark energy and dark matter. But, you know, um, uh, they will just be describing the scripture I read to you in uh, Psalms that talks about the pavilion of darkness and uh, talks about how that, that God used that as a secret. So we understand it being a secret that it's not revealed to everybody, that everybody doesn't understand. Jesus one time said, you know, I reveal the parables to you, my disciples, but I don't reveal them to everybody, least some of those people who do not deserve to know uh, this uh, follow these things and get converted and get saved. And someone say, well, that's ridiculous. I, I would think that that's what God would want. It's not really what God wants. God wants people to come in not by knowledge, but come in by will. And, and, and it is possible to come in by knowledge because the Bible teaches about at the a wedding supper of the Lamb, there was a man who showed up there. Uh, and, and he had passed all the tests. He, he obviously was not one of the virgins that didn't have oil in the lamp. He had passed all the tests. He was able to make it in. He got through the gate. He was made it in. He had all the knowledge how to get in there. But the one thing he did not have, 
He was not dressed in a wedding garment. He didn't have that. And so he was cast out. You know, and the the Bible tells us that that the that the way God conditions things is is very merciful. He says that that people that misteach the Bible that they will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. So it shows that even people that are not teaching the truth but ignorantly are teaching what they believe is the truth that even though uh you know they are not teaching the truth uh, this doesn't put them into hell, uh, uh, but because, you know, they are doing it in ignorance that uh, uh, some of these people will make it into the kingdom of heaven, but they will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But those that are administering the word and, and that are bringing forth uh, the the revelation as being given by the Holy Spirit uh, will be called uh, great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, those are the words and the teachings of Jesus Christ. These are the things that Jesus taught. Now, he said that if your, if your faith, if your religion did not exceed the religion of the scribes and the Pharisees, that you would in no way be able to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, the scribes and the Pharisees, you know, um, they could not receive Jesus Christ. So the difference is, even though you would have a heritage, being a Jew, of having a blessing, you still are not guaranteed uh, that... that um, with that kind of mentality that you can make it into the kingdom. So there's going to have to ha be something that happens that changes scribes from being scribes and Pharisees from being Pharisees. Something like that new heart and that stony heart and stony belief is going to have to be taken out. And Jesus said the day will come that there will not be left one stone upon the other. He was referring to the temple, but we also know that the temple represents uh, 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 humans. And so humans that are like a temple of the Holy Spirit, not one stone can be left upon another when the work of God is finally done. Because when the work of God is finally done, he's going to take you out of, of those kind of uh, concepts, out of those kind of ideas that uh, just absolutely, uh, you know, uh, do not do not uh, include uh, Jesus Christ uh, being Savior, because you know I, I'm a believer. I, I you know I, I've studied all the religions, I've studied incredible amounts of of the doctrines, and and there is no there are no teachings. There's absolutely nothing that has the love of the teachings of Jesus Christ that compared to it. And and I am a 100% believer in Jesus Christ. Blessed be his holy, most wonderful, beautiful, wonderful, beautiful name. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, there are so many beautiful scriptures, and I'm sure that, you know, I can't in this teaching... Uh, alone cover them all but but um uh there's a uh a spiritual uh scale of time and um and God is allowing me to 
be able to reveal this uh, to people so that they can come into these truths. And by coming into these truths, uh, they, they can get out of this enfolded mess that, uh, that many people in the church world are in, in which they are just caught up into these suppositions uh, and making false indications as to the rapture false indications as to uh you know the end of the world and and uh, people are just uh, uh uh filled with a spirit of fear and uncertainty and and uh i've had young people come to me uh recently and say <clears throat> i was going to go to college but because of certain uh prophecies i've heard from this church and radio uh broadcast that that he went to and and listen to that he said it just sounds like things were going to end here just within a within less than a year and uh uh there was just no sense to go to school there was no sense you know and and he, he said it just left me with a just a completely uh hopeless feeling just uh a feeling that you know there was just absolutely no hope um god does not want to leave his people in confusion. That is not the plan of God. That is not the plan of God. You know? <clears throat> now, I want to talk a little bit more about this thing of of Jesus before I go on with our teaching here. Um, we know from the second epistle of the book of Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 9. We have a sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. There's a sentence of death in the human body. And if you trust in just your humanness, then you are actually trusting in death. And God has made provisions through Jesus Christ which are absolutely sensationally wonderful and beautiful. There's a, an awesome scripture in the second chapter of 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10 and it says to whom you forgive anything I forgive also for if I forgive anything to whom I forgive it, for your sakes, forgave I it in the person of Christ. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We know that there are devices and implementations that the forces dark use. There are traps that are set to destroy God's people. The Bible says that when a seed is planted, that if that seed falls by the wayside, that immediately, immediately, Satan comes and begins to work on that person, that seed, and takes the word away from them. When people fall away from trusting and believing 
in a man of God, for whatever reason they think is their proper right. If that person was a man of God at any time, they need to really do some reconsideration of exactly how they are addressing that. Because what happens is when people give in to their judgment and critical spirit, then Satan comes and he takes, by using that judgment, that that false judgment, that evil judgment, that critical spirit, he uses that as his right to take out of that person's heart and belief the wonderful revelations that they had received. And later people look back and say, how could those people that had these wonderful revelations that saw miracles. I mean, like like the people that in the days of Moses, hundreds and thousands of them that saw the miracle of the Red Sea, that saw the pillars of uh, come down, that, that saw the 20,000 ziths at, at, at the mount. How could they turn from those miracles and that revelation? and become non-believers <coughs> Excuse me, to the point that, that God would not allow them to cross over into, in, into the promised land because Satan comes in, he rushes in, and he takes out of their heart their faith and their belief, regardless of the miracles, regardless of, of the spiritual revelation, regardless of the love, regardless of, of the witness of the Holy Spirit. And he takes it out of their heart. He takes it out of their mind. And they are just emptied of those revelations that they had had an opportunity to learn and, and to have had that wonderful knowledge given to them. And Satan takes it and they lose it. What a sad thing. What an incredibly sad thing. Paul, in this second chapter of Second Corinthians, just gives one of the most incredible revelations here. And most people don't see it. Most people have read past it. But I call this, it's a part of rendering, I call it transpardoning. Transpardoning. Because in this 10th verse of 2nd chapter of 2nd Corinthians, Paul writes and says, To whom you forgive anything, I'll forgive also. For if I forgive anything, to whom I forgive it, for your sakes, forgave I it in the person of Christ. Now, trans means to go over. We talk, we talk about trans imbuement. We talk about trans assimilation. We talk about doing things through Christ and how that Jesus said, bring your burdens to me. I will take them on. How that we are to render things to Jesus Christ. When we render these things to Jesus Christ, then we can have situations of confusion cleared. We can have situations of anger dissolved. We can have situations of uh, baffling conditions in the financial world, in the marital world, uh, in the educational world, in the business world in the church world, all brought into an anointed, healed 
superposition. And Paul says, you know, when you forgive someone that has not done anything against me, but you've forgiven them, and I'm a part of you because I'm a part of the body, and this gets into that several one, then he says, for your sake, I want to be a part of you, so I forgive them too. But he says, the way I do my forgiveness is I forgive them in the person of Christ. I render them forgiven in Jesus Christ. And we call that trans-pardoning. That you can reach out to these people that you say, I just don't, I just don't feel that I can honestly forgive this person that has done this thing against me. And and you may not just be ready for that kind of a move. And maybe there's a causation that is liberally available to you for a period of time. But in the meanwhile, though, least Satan should take an advantage of that and use it against the church, use it, use it against you, use it against the love of God. Paul says, what I do is I render, I, I, I forgive by putting this through Jesus Christ. I forgive you through Jesus Christ. Wow. What an awesome, incredible, beyond the beyond ultimate rendering, trans-pardoning, T-R-A-N-S-P-A-R-D-O-N-I-N-G, trans-pardoning, trans-pardoned by someone rendering you into the bosom of the Father, into the bosom of Jesus Christ. Wow. Now you can reach out. And to those people you say, you know, <clears throat> I didn't feel like praying for some of these people who are have done awful things. They've killed hundreds of people or they've done, you know. But, you know, you can't judge them. You're, you're told not to judge. So then what can you do? Well, you can only, you can render to Jesus Christ and say, Jesus I, I take this person because they're a soul. I, I cannot judge them because I want to be obedient to your word. But I want to not miss out on acts of love. And I know that greater life has no man than he that would lay down his life for a friend. And you have done that. and You have proven that. So I render this person into your bosom to accept or to deny, to forgive or not forgive. And therefore, I have done the best that I know to do. And I leave this trans-pardoning with your love. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Wow. Wow. Is that ever incredible? Yes, we know that one day there will be false prophets and have been.
but there'll be a special false prophet raised up. And we know that in the spirit of time that um, that in addition to the sacrifices that were closed down in 70 AD, there will be an abomination that maketh desolate or an abomination that will astonish, astonish, astonish the world. We know there are scriptures that talk about how the sacrifices will be done away with. Hebrews 9.23 and Hebrews 10.1, Isaiah 66.3, Psalms 51.16-17, Hosea 6.6, 6, Psalms 9.80, and 8, 13 through 14. But what we do know is there are 70 weeks that it speaks of in, in Daniel. And that these 70 weeks, just like all these other times that we see, whether it's talking about days or years or weeks, whether it's talking about 1260 or 1290 or 13. 35, we know that it's all referring back to this revelation in Daniel 9, verse 24. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city. Upon the people and the holy city, not just the one. This is Jew and Gentile. To finish the transgression. Transgression, what transgression? The fall of the angels, to finish it. To make an end of sins. No more sins. What? When is that going to happen? Tomorrow? I don't think so. If you're raptured out, is that the end of sins for the world? And to make a reconciliation for iniquity. A reconciliation for iniquity. To, to finalize it. And to bring in everlasting righteousness. To seal up the vision and the prophecy. And to anoint the most holy. This, no matter what anybody teaches or says, has not happened yet. Yes, we know that Jesus came and we know what he did and what he offers. But we know that this has not yet been set in place and that Jesus has ascended and is being held until the reconciliation of these things. And the 70 weeks that are determined represent here the Sabbath, which takes us back to the land Sabbath, which go, is turned from weeks into years. And then as we get into the years and we bring them into the 90th chapter of, of Psalms, we get the 70 years. When we go to the 105th chapter of, of Psalms, we get the thousand generations. We take 70 years times the, hundred, the thousand generations and we get instead of 70 weeks, 70,000 generations. That's just one instance. There's much more. But I'm sort of reiterating some of this stuff so that you can have it. 
we showed how that that people have this whole thing totally wrong about what's going to happen in Jerusalem and about the temple and, and about what they think is going to happen. There's people out there right now that are are really concerned about the temple. Uh, they think maybe that they're going to find the temple someplace else. And the reason they're so concerned is because somehow the scripture in Thessalonians says that unless that this false prophet comes and sets himself up in the temple, then don't worry about the coming of Jesus Christ. It's not going to happen until the great falling away that will happen as a result of the false prophet setting himself up in the temple. And the temple can't be built because on Mount Moriah there, the mosque of the Muslims has been built. And so that just frustrates a lot of these people, and they're trying to get around it by saying, well, there's, it's because there's a spiritual temple. <laughs> and I'm sorry, that's not what the Bible is teaching. And now, you know, well, there's another temple. It's located in a different place, so now this could happen any time. I'm sorry. Mount Moriah is what the Bible said. Old Testament, New Testament. It's Mount Moriah. Connected to Mount Zion. Wow. And we see here that the whole plan of God is not the way they think it's going to be. We showed you how that God in the 12th chapter of Daniel said, go out, these people that are going to be in this revelation time, and destroy this city, everything that it represents. Destroy it. Just there'll be nothing. There'll be nothing left. And as soon as all that has been destroyed, we showed you the scripture. You can refer to last week's teaching. Then the Bible says in chapter 21 that during the, the first half of the millennium, Revelations 20, verse 4 through 7, that these people are going to go out and do this work that are of God. They're not going to just be sitting there saying, praise God, praise God, holy, holy, holy. They're going to be doing a work. And then after that place has all been leveled out, chapter 21, Revelations, the holy city will descend from heaven. And, and the Bible says in verse 22, in this new holy city that's coming down, there will be no temple. Why? Because everything that that temple represented was about sacrifices. Sacrifices that God throughout the Bible, I gave you a bunch of scripture and there's more, God is doing away with. He doesn't want them anymore. He doesn't want animals and beasts to, uh, to be sacrificed when he has given his son Jesus Christ as a sacrifice, as a living sacrifice of his blood, his life's blood, how he lived on the earth and how he gave him himself. So we see that the 70 weeks are 70 generations of 1,000 years. And the 490 that it mentions in the Bible 
represents 70 weeks. And we explain that the 70 weeks are the 70 generations of 1,000. So when we take Psalms 105, Psalms 90, and Galatians 16 through 17, which tells us about the covenant that was made with this 70,000 years and that it has not ever been canceled out or changed. It's still in effect. Then we begin to understand how that we can take the value of, of the 4 plus 9 plus 0, which is the 490 years, and we get 13. And we take... One plus three, we get four, which are the the beast of the 70,000 generations. Three nations that are evolving. They, they change into different nations over the course of time. Kinds of men and the Antichrist, the forest beast, which also represents another kind of men, which there's much teaching to be done on that, but I don't have the time today for sure. And we, we brought all this understanding to you by showing you Leviticus um, 25 and 26 of the different punishments that was prophesied and how that there was a multiplication factor of seven. And we showed you in the Bible, Hebrews 6.14, multiplying, I will multiply. And Amos 4.4, 4, multiply transgressions. We show the connection of that even to the loaves. And you should go back and you should listen to that because it was very, very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. And that 70 is repeated over and over and over and over again. The 70 weeks, the 70 years, the 70, 70 this, 70 that. Even in Matthew eighteen twenty two, forgive seven times seventy, Jesus said. The sevenfold of the sun, Isaiah thirty twenty six, all part of this multiplication factor seven. And how that this factor seven stays the same, but the product amount according to the last resultant increases as multiplied by the factor seven for each additional multiplying event which I am referring to now on these punishments that it reveals in Leviticus 26, in which 18 through 28th verse, and 18, 21, 24, and 28 especially, it mentions that there will be these, these different punishments, verse 8, Verse 18, Leviticus, chapter 26. It'll be seven times 49 plus one because it was about the Sabbaths that had not been kept. And and when you got to the Jubilee, by adding the one to the 49 Sabbaths, you get 50. When you take seven times 50, you get 350. That is the product, the resultant. But now it goes on to say, if you don't keep this, then there will be another seven multiplication. Then you take that seven 
and you multiply that times the 350, you get 2,450. If that is not kept, you get a third one that is mentioned in Leviticus 26, which multiplies 7 times to 2,450 and gives you 17,150. If that is not kept, you get the fourth one, which is the 7 uh, times the product resultant of the 17,150 less one half. So you get 120,050 less a half, which gives you 60,000. When you add these all up, 350, 2450, 17,150, 60,025, you get 79,975. And then when you apply Matthew 24, 21 through 22, days to be shortened, and I read to you the different situations in which the time would be shortened. You can go back into the scripture or into the teaching and you can see some of these things like the millennium was, was one of the, you know, restoring the years that the canker worm had eaten because originally there was a thousand years that Adam was to live, but because of what happened with Eve, him taking on her sins, it reduced him from the uh, thousand years to to nine hundred and thirty years, because the Lord said, "In the day that you eat this, eat of this tree, uh, you know you will die." So that tree was a thousand years, a thousand years. Uh, he lived nine hundred and seventy years, uh, or pardon me, nine hundred and thirty years, seventy years short. That seventy years has been left for the rest of humanity to live that seventy years out. And and that 70 years ties into the the overall general, which includes all of the fallen angels, to be the 70,000 uh, generations uh, that is allotted for us to come into the the ultimate redemption and and to overcome that ultimate redemption. So we we showed by by adding uh, different. Uh, sacred tenths to the 79,975 years that we came up with by putting in those four uh, uh, seven times penalties. And um, and that allowed us uh, uh, 7,995 subtracted from 79,975 and it left 1,980. You subtract the millennium, which is 1,000 years, it left 980. And then we mentioned all kinds of other things that could be applied. It's all interesting. It's all beautiful. God has a plan. His plan will not fail. His plan is long-term. We have come into the understanding of the long of time. We've come into knowing that the spirit of time that has been revealed to us is of the nature of a spiritual scale of time that has not uh, been revealed that we know of in our time or prior to our time to the general public. And having come into that knowledge and come into that understanding, we have been made very humble 
the thing that I know I always want to say when God reveals to me these incredible revelations, why me, Lord? Because I have never felt worthy of this incredible revelation. I've never understood how that God loves me and forgives me from time to time. And though I have cried many times with tears, asking God for forgiveness, I have never ever been deserted by this love of God, by this cosmological constant of God's love. And I want to pass on this revelation to the world. And I believe that God is going to raise up manifestors and send them out all over this world with this revelation. And this is not the end of the revelation. There's much more. And I'm praying for people to be raised up who will have a burden in their heart to minister this word. There's no church to join. There's no vow to take. You do it if you really believe that it's what God wants you to do. You're not bound by any obligation of money. You're not bound by anything but just to believe. I don't know how to be more open, more honest, more fair. I can't do this by myself. It's too much. Starting, Lord willing, next week, I'll be teaching from the book, there's no other book like it in the world, The Seven Thunders Before Genesis. If you look in your computer, you'll see at the top of the broadcast announcement where it says, for the upcoming teaching from the book of Seven Thunders, we are offering the book at a 30% discount. Click here. If you do not have the book, dear friend, I'm not saying this to sell books. God knows, God knows my heart. But that's a legitimate discount that we got. And I have to mail this to you from Canada. Click there and get you the paperback or the, the hardback book. And we will send it to you. Get it to you as fast as we can, because starting next Sunday, Lord willing, I'll be still teaching from the Seven Thunders book, and it's going to be a journey. It's going to be a journey. Now I want to take a little bit of time to pray for you. I want to reach out to you people who need healing, need to be touched by the love of God. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary to hypothalamus, the thyroid. To the lymphatic gland, to the parasympathetic, to the sympathetic neurotransmission system. To the cerebellum. Through the corpus callosum. Throughout the hemispheres. Throughout the brain. To the left hemisphere where the stress center is. Begin to send energy to create anti-stress hormones to eradicate every stress hormone that arises. For the next 10 days in these people that are listening, give them relief from stress and depression. Foul force of darkness 
enemy of God, demonic devil Satan, I come against you in the name and the power of Jesus Christ. I cause you now by this word and announcement to loosen your hold upon these people that you have been trying to possess. Stand back and release them now in the name and the power of Jesus Christ. If you refuse to move immediately, I will cause you to be bound in space for a thousand generations. I feel those demons fleeing. May God reach out to heal you with his love right now. Touch you in body. Touch you in spirit. Touch you. In such a way that the calm of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And every weakness in your body, every problem in your body will come into the healing streams and the cleansing streams of the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. May God totally heal you and bless you and keep loving you, cause His face to shine upon you, give you peace. In Jesus' name, God bless you. We love you. Goodbye.